0: Hello, and welcome to the Planetary Regeneration Podcast. I'm your host, Gregory Landway. Hola, regenerati. Hello, regenerates. Welcome to another episode of the Planetary Regeneration Podcast. In today's episode, I get to do a really fun conversation with Winslow McGovern, who is uh, in the band Moon Hooch, who you should go check out. they're fantastic. Um, I've been a fan for a while and, yeah, really enjoyed uh, jamming with uh, Winsol. It was uh, interesting because he also has a podcast and so he was kind of interviewing me and I was kind of interviewing him and so uh, I think you maybe get to hear a little bit more about my work and the work of Regen Network than normal as I tend to, to try to generally focus on um, discovering... Um, insights from guests. Um, and so, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. And again, go check out Moonhooch um, and enjoy their music. Fantastic group of talented, uh, and, and regeneratively, um, hearted souls. So, uh, re- really enjoying their music. Um, enjoy the episode and please, uh, leave, uh, comments or, or ping me in, uh, in telegram. Good to uh, virtually meet you.
1: Yes, likewise. It
0: looks Sometimes. like you're in a camper. Where are you? Yeah, uh, where are you I, calling
1: am, from? I am. I am in California. Nice. That's better um, than being in New York City right now. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, I got a little farm here, 10 acres just on the mountain, and I spend my time there. So it's kind of perfect for such a situation nice beautiful yeah. yeah um wait i'm gonna record as well here we go yes this is my my second time using zoom but it's quite a cool app
0: yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's good i i mean you know it has some privacy concerns i guess um but for applications like this where we're recording to share Broadly with everyone in the world, anyway, I don't think it matters a whole lot. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, well,
0: you know, we've been meaning to have a conversation for, for a while. So, yeah, uh, for I'm months. Yeah.
1: To finally, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first time I found out about the region network was back in 2017 or 18. Um, because I, was, I had this dream that I was taking care of trees and I was you know just like dealing with little seedlings and planting them and then suddenly um, in the dream I saw like this network bet- between the trees and suddenly in the dream I had the idea oh wow like what about a cryptocurrency that accounts for carbon sequestered by trees and so then I spent some time with a friend working on tree tokens, which never actually became public. But as we were doing market research, I found out about the region network, mm-hmm. And because that's you know, essentially what you guys are doing or or something similar with um, accounting for sequestered carbon, not just by trees, but also by permaculture gardens or any kind of garden, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Soil, farm, landscapes. Yeah, yeah. And I I think it's such a brilliant idea because this monetary system we have currently isn't backed up by anything. And if we had a monetary system that was backed up by something that actually has value for the planet, then I think we could unite the economy with ecology and not have the economy be a parasite that converts natural resources into trash, but rather actually seize the value in restoring the planet.
0: Yeah, you're speaking my language. I mean, I completely agree, that's the goal. Um, And what we've found is there's just a long way between here and there, in a way. Um, There's just so much, both social and, yeah, social and cultural inertia to overcome. Because there's, there's only a certain number of people who've woken up from that dream and been like oh wait a second you know money yeah. is just a social construct so we could imbue it with whatever form of value we want <laughs> and right. you know from, from our perspective okay so if you take that as like the, a premise you say okay so money is a social construct the sort of like how we imbue value and create units of account and uh, create a medium of exchange is a social construct. Our society it is sort of rational, empirical, logical, on one hand, and then obviously there's a lot of other um, emotional and you know there's a lot of it's complex. But but people tend to put trust into into science. Um, so how do you imbue the ecology or sort of the economy with ecological value and intelligence? Mm-hmm. From our perspective, it became a, you know, okay, we have to build a bunch of infrastructure to connect. You yeah. Know. So it's like a fin, it becomes fintech, essentially. It's like how do you create financial technology that has a sort of scientific plug-in so that ecological mm. state information can be sort of um, streamed into our... Value system.
1: Yeah. And I think on the emotional level, it also has a huge potential because not every person is currently driven by benevolence. Like, mm. not every person is driven by the desire to benefit others or benefit ecosystems or benefit animals. Yeah. A lot of people are like, I fucked the world. I'm just going to eat my hot, hot, uh, my, my hot dogs and, <laughs> and just not, not really care about where it came from, how the factory farm polluted the planet, how the feces of the animals that raised washed into the rivers and created a dead spot in the Gulf Stream. Not everybody cares about that. But I think having a cryptocurrency that actually rewards people who are also selfish with with wealth if they benefit the planet, then I think it brings together the two the two mindsets, it brings together the people that care about the planet and are willing to sacrifice their personal gain for the benefit of all with the people who are not willing to sacrifice their personal gain for the benefit of all. Because if they're using a cryptocurrency that benefits the planet, and they're just using it for selfish interests, it still will benefit the planet. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I think that
0: alignment is, is key um yeah and it's a big it's a heavy lift because i think you know in in the way of that happening there's a couple big hurdles the first hurdle being i suppose you could just say uh adoption of non government issued currencies in general mm-hmm. whether or not they're sort of ecologically backed or or even just or Bitcoin. not Right. Yeah, yeah, just whatever, just backed by brute computing force, whatever right. it is. Um, yeah. And then the second is if you are going to take a leap towards um, sort of the backing or, or the, the incentive alignment being based on sort of the health of the ecological commons and maybe, you know, carbon as a quantified unit of account there or something, um, you have to answer the question how are you going to create consensus and trust that has integrity that the ecological regeneration or ecological health is, did indeed happen or is indeed there and is yeah, accurately right, tracked right. and represented
1: by the system? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my band Moonhooch started an interesting project recently right now it's very it's it's in the beginnings, but there's already a few trees planted. It's called hashtag# Moon Trees," and what we do is we raise money at shows, we just say, "Hey, we're planting trees, we have donation at the merch table then we use that donation to buy trees or tree seeds that we then give away, and then people tag us on Instagram when they plant their trees nice. so so. Right now I'm I'm working on shipping out seventy five thousand seeds of Empress tree seeds. And Empress tree has the unique ability to do C four carbon locking, which is the kind of photosynthesis grasses do. Mm. That's why corn grows so quickly. And so this tree can grow fifteen feet and sequester where you still there? Yeah, yeah, I had a brief uh, internet connection issue. And that tree, the royal Empress tree, sequesters 100 times more carbon than the average tree. Wow. And some environmentalists say 30% more of this tree would solve all global carbon issues.
0: Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing.
1: And, and the cool thing about this tree is, it first grows like a grass. And once it's an adult, it gets smaller leaves and, and, and gets hardwood that you can actually use for construction or anything like that. And oh. yeah, so it so looks it, it beautiful. It's also, good. It looks like it has some nice flowers. Yeah, it does too. It fully flowers, the whole tree is covered in flowers in the spring. And it also has this really intense mythology. Um, in japan where the the phoenix um, of the of of a new um, civilization rises through this tree and and i I have to read it again as a couple years that i read that mythology and also was used to the wood to build instruments and and so it has this this history in japan um and I want to ship it out and have people plant it as many as possible and then take photos and hashtag us and maybe later down the line we could use those photos as accounting for how much carbon each person sequesters and then reward them with tokens for the carbon they sequestered through the planting of the tree Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah definitely
0: and if you uh, especially if you um I mean, you could also, it'll, it'll be interesting to sort of think about doing that through Instagram, just through a hashtag, but um, you can definitely also, there are, there are some ways right now where people could upload those photos with geolocation and kind of like a little digital signature and, you know, have it be a slightly more robust proof, essentially.
1: Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's I great. mean,
1: do you, do you feel like that needs to happen first, like, because right now this is how we how we are engaged. I would just go for it. Just, yeah, just and do see it, if it ta- see if yeah. it even just you know has the momentum. Yeah, it goes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's pretty pretty exciting. What's the uh, what's climate What's the climate zone for Empress Tree?
1: Um, it's very um flexible. It it even grows in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, But sometimes when you have very, very cold winters, some of the growth will die off. But it also has a very robust root system that will sprout again next year. Hmm. So, So in some places where it's very cold winters, it's almost like a seasonal plant that keeps coming up. While in other places where the winters aren't as harsh, it becomes actually big trees. Nice. I've se- I've seen a lot of them in Nashville and in Alabama. I think it does like warmer climates. Yeah. But it, it would it, I've also seen them I've also seen them here in California. I've also seen them on the East Coast, um, and yeah. Cool.
0: Very cool. So uh, tell me, how how is um, what is happening for Moonhooch with the whole. COVID-19 lockdown. What are you guys...
1: Well, as you know, there's no public performances happening with more than 100 people, I think, or maybe even smaller. So all our our tours get cancelled. And shows that are booked in the fall are now also with a question mark. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? So we pretty much lost our stream of revenue. And are now trying to transition into more online things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm teaching meditation online and we also have a Patreon page where we release music weekly and, you know, one day at a time, we'll see where it goes.
0: Cool. Is everybody in the band there in the same, on the same property as you?
1: No, we're all spread out. Okay. Yeah. All Um, over the
0: country, in fact. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: My, my partner is on the East Coast, and the drummer is he's also on the West Coast, but he's in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah.
0: How are you guys uh, practicing and releasing? Are you just, like, mixing things together, or do you have... It seems like there's always, like, just enough time lag that it might make actually playing together live over the interwebs a little hard.
1: <laughs> um, we are, we're just sending each other stuff back and yeah. forth right for now. Yeah, com- compositions. I say like, hey, could you record some flute here? Could you put some clarinet there? And you know, then he sends me back the audio tracks and mix them, or vice versa, he sends me stuff he written, I record it and send it back to him. And so it's actually not bad. It's a, it's a pretty good workflow at the moment. Cool. What about you guys? How has region network been affected?
0: I mean, you know, we're already a distributed team. I mean, similar to what you're talking about in terms of building this, what amounts to be a lot of our work is software work. So we're building, you know, a blockchain and we're building plugins to collect data and, you know, doing scientific methodology development and um, community building and whatnot. So none of that has really been affected. In fact, I feel like I've been working more and like a little bit more stressed by the work it certainly you know it certainly kind of brought our fundraising to a screeching halt there um, but you know, but we were in we were in okay shape and had contracts to do open source work you know that's generally in our roadmap and um I think we've been very lucky in that way, so yeah we're sort of cranking on we we're, we're hiring right now and just kind of yeah, moving forward, really. Um, I think obviously it's taken its toll on individuals in the company and especially a shift towards uh, work at home for for parents. Like myself, I've got two little kids, um, which is actually, I really enjoy working from home and being around, but it certainly, you know, lessens the amount of attention per day that I can necessarily give because I need yeah. to, you know, sort of balance and be a human in the house and not just, you know, yeah. like slam the door reason. on everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think on a personal level, though, there's been impacts for everybody on the team. Obviously, I mean, it's a crazy thing. But as far as our company and our endeavor of Regen Network, we've, yeah, um, just kind of rolling right through it. And I think that's, in general, I think you see in the tech space that it's not been that impactful right you don't necessarily have to gather people together to do this work you can do it remotely we already have we already ran all of our team meetings on zoom and we already you know used slack and right you know github and all of these tools to sort of coordinate our time mm. so um yeah
1: yeah so so what is happening in region network right now in terms of how far is it implemented? When is it going to be implemented, if it isn't already? Or like, wh- what's the front line you're working on right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, so we're um, we're I mean, we're working hard on multiple fronts. We're close to, and when I say close, we should be launching. We have sort of a window, and you know, because we're doing it's pretty complex what we're doing and we need to test and audit and you know run test nets and you know before we sort of fully deploy an a live mainnet. yeah but we're um our window for launch is the end of june through the end of august sometime wow so we'll be yeah it's really exciting so we'll be launching a, a a domain specific public blockchain you know custom built from layer one on up to do ecological accounting, essentially, and make it possible. You know, and and our goal isn't necessarily to immediately create that globally unified, you know, carbon-backed cryptocurrency. Our goal is to build the infrastructure when we had these thoughts, and we were like, oh, we should do this. Oh, there is no tool for that. So we've sort of like, if you had the idea to, have a no-till garden and there was n- no tools for that you you might over the time you'd start to try to garden and then you'd build your tools so that you could do it right so that so right. that anybody can do it so we basically what we're building is a piece of public infrastructure that allows you know anyone to to create um ecologically God. backed What we're building is a is a infrastructural toolkit to allow anyone to um, launch ecologically backed digital assets and create uh, smart contracts and other forms of agreements between people based on ecological state. And yeah. um, so that's you know that's kind of what we're going to be launching um, the minimum viable. You know I mean that's a complex value proposition so the minimum viable uh, blockchain that we sort of identified and have built out and are you know testing and will be deploying you know between late june and um late august has three main functions uh, mm-hmm. one of them is the issuance of uh fractional non-fungible tokens meaning you can sort of create a vintage of non-fungible tokens and what that means it's like a digital collectible kind of there's no other it's cryptographically unique it's um it's not like anything else so what that means is it can represent a real world asset and because we're creating a fractional version according to this sort of and we have kind of this token standard that's specific for ecosystem services um that means that You know, you can sort of launch a, you know, this year's carbon, you know, like Moonhooch could have this year's carbon vintage and it could be fraction over all the trees that were planted, for instance. And each one Mm. represents one tree, but there's a class, and that Mm. class has sort of the meta information, um, what it all meant, et cetera, et cetera. And so that can um, you know, those can be traded and then retired. So You know once they're retired they can't be traded anymore they it sort of represents that they were locked up and you know um, Ah, okay so once
1: they're retired they can't be traded anymore yeah yeah interesting um the way we were trying to construct this was that um if you plant something every month you get a certain number of tokens that represent the carbon sequestered during those months. And then th- those are tradable. And also, that people who want to offset their carbon footprints, companies can buy the tokens. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Is it, yeah.
0: That's similar. And then once, but once you choose to count it on a ledger, uh, on a registry as offset, yeah, yeah, get then you get retired it gets retired yes right that's how you trigger it being accountable like so that yeah. you, you know whether it's a human an individual or an organization or a country whoever wants to sort of like claim the rights to retire that in the kind of global accounting system right right um there's a retirement piece yeah yeah so that's you can, super cool you can buy them out on the market and then you can retire them and that counts against your carbon budget is the basic way that carbon trading works so that's the first functionality The second functionality is governance. So essentially kind of like a a quite sophisticated DAO function where you can have groups of account holders vote. So what that means is that you can create, um, it's both for the governance of the blockchain, but also governance over the, the NFT classes. So you could say these people, these addresses and these organizations can, you know, audit this um, Mm. NFT or this person has to say that it happened or, or this machine, this, you know, this data set has to agree with Mm. this. So you can sort of like create governance and update things through that DAO module. And then the last piece is a, a, a web assembly based smart contracting system that makes it all like extremely composable and flexible. So you can, you know, do sort of like all of these other layers of complexity. Mm. Um, You could compile multiple NFTs into an index that then represents sort of like a global carbon unit or something like that. Or, you know, you can create registries, you can put data on chain, all all sorts of amazing things. So that's like our minimum viable launch specification. Which is actually pretty... There's a lot lot there, actually. Are you back? Yes. I'm not sure what you might have... Uh, left, okay.
1: but... Also, your microphone is touching a zipper. Oh, so it's, it's getting... clinking?
0: Yeah, yeah. I hate it when that happens.
1: Yeah.
0: I left my normal podcasting mic at the office about... Whatever it was, two months ago or two and a half months ago and I haven't gone back to get it. So I've been doing all these podcasts with slightly poor uh time yeah, yeah. quality.
1: Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, my interface kinda of broke a little bit. So it's like has like a like you have to like push the USB up for it to work. But anyway, let's let's stay on region network. Um so this is super exciting. I really love that you're doing this and I really love how in depth and complex you are constructing this tool that will ultimately serve generations to come yeah
0: we hope we hope it serves generations to come and we hope it serves folks like yourself and many others who like had these initial ideas that we think we like we really want to unlock the creativity of the crowd of so that because currently carbon markets and carbon trading you know uh, all of this it's sort of it's so institutional and it's so bureaucratic and our institutions uh, have kind of failed us you know yeah. and mm-hmm. so unlocking we feel like building this public infrastructure to unlock the creativity of of whatever generation chooses to use it but especially younger people who who are digital natives and have a desire to to get creative and create solutions for valuing what's most important in the world which is our living capital the living world that we're part of not you know um yeah we just want something that's like usable and governable by the users you know so Mm -hmm. that so that people who are using it get to participate in the big decisions about about how the network works as well and that felt to us like a prerequisite you know that was one of the reasons why we didn't use existing public network infrastructure, because there was no way for us to have a governance voice about what we felt was necessary for the domain of creating trusted natural capital
1: assets, essentially. Yeah. And I could also see how that could be linked up with performers who, you know, maybe sell the tickets through the the cryptocurrency or, or do like a release through the currency. Yeah. You could
0: totally do that. You could do a release where, you know, the, the NFT that represents that tree also gives you the rights to access music. Can you
1: explain what NFT is? Sorry.
0: Non-fungible token. Non fun, what? Non-fungible token. Um, so it's an idea of instead of like a fungible cryptocurrency where any like any bitcoin is the same as any other bitcoin.
1: Uh yeah.
0: Any eth is the same as any other eth. The same is true for US dollar. Any dollar is the same as any other dollar. Right. And a that's non-fungible, non-fungible, they're all fungible. Yeah, that's fungibility. Okay. A uh, non-fungible cryptocurrency means it's completely unique and there's nothing else in the universe like it. And and what it represents, it's like, it represents that tree that your fan planted in Southern California. Mm. Yeah. Right. Or it represents that unit of carbon that was sequestered by the farmer in South Dakota or whatever it is. It represents only one thing. And it is, you know, that's what it represents. And it has a link to the verification of that. Right. Right. And so, yeah, you could use those also as access tokens, right? So they could both have the value of that, you know, intrinsic uh, living capital. And it could also yeah. be used, you know, you could program a, you know, your user experience for getting access to content or something. And you could basically be like, go buy, you know, go buy this tree token and, and once you give it to us, you know, you get access to this music content and we retire it for you and you get both the proof that it was retired and you get our music or something like that. Like totally, that's, that's totally possible.
1: That is really cool. I, I think we will we'll probably be, and we'll be doing this at some point, releasing stuff that, through, you know, just a song, an EP or something, release it through the network. To, to kick off the network or to um, help promote it? Yeah, that'd be so fun. Yeah, we should totally do that.
0: So, and we could be testing. I mean, right now, obviously, it's kind of, uh, you know, we're, it's an open source project, kind of, you know, very community, you know, there's a lot, very community supported. So right now we're in our, uh, we just finished our third, maybe fourth public testnet. Where we have like software running and it's being run by, you know, this time it was 78 validators all around the world who are all running it, and then we were, you know, issuing smart contracts and you know mm. doing different tests and people were putting data up and playing around with different things. Um, we're going to launch our next test net um, in about a month, and that will be our last test net. Like we'll be will be running, you know, essentially our state, an attempt at our stable system so that we can test it together and break it as many different ways as we can think of before it turns into a public network um yeah so you know if you guys are sort of digitally savvy and adventurous enough we could even start you know banging around as soon as in a month or six weeks but um then if you want to wait until it's a little bit more stable and you know maybe i I mean if you're anything like me you don't necessarily have all the time in the world to to invest into things that aren't quite baked. So then I would say, you know, it's probably something more like in like three months, you know, we have this conversation again and, it, you know, things should be a little bit more stable and, and it yeah. should be easier to say, okay, here's how we can do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah, that, that's really cool. What also caught my attention when you were explaining non-fungible tokens is that People are then also connected to that planted tree and the person who planted it. Yeah. So you, you, it might end up creating all these global random connections where it's like, oh my god, like this was planted by a farmer in India, and here's even maybe their profile where I can add them or yeah, I'd be like, hey, I got your tree token, and you know, I'm using it for that purpose. And I think it might not just be a great way for ecological accounting, but also a new way to connect people globally based on something completely different than than what we have currently. That's a cool thought. I hadn't thought of the social element, but it's very true.
0: You know, depending on how the NFT is structured, yeah, you have access to... I mean, obviously there's sort of like, there's these ideas obviously in cryptography where the person who's issuing the that token gets to choose how public the data is so it could either be that like so and so verified that this exists and so and so verified that it it represents a specific place from a specific person but you don't necessarily see any of that or it can be totally public right Mm, it can be totally transparent
1: yeah, I mean, it, you could also have two halves for that where everybody that plants a tree could decide if they're joining that network or if they are um, anon- anonymous.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It, people can choose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But is I, someone else joining our meeting?
0: It's me. I'm going to try to uh, shift over to, I'm just going to dial in here because um, I'm noticing some lag and I think it's on my side, so I'll be uh, in in sort of a... You joining with your phone? Yeah, I'm just going to join by a phone real quick. Okay. Apologies for the uh, brief delay to Absolutely our dear listeners. <laughs>
1: yeah, we could also edit it out later. Um. So cool! Very exciting. All right. How's that? Um, I don't see your face. If you go to gallery view. Also, the audience. go I to gallery. Gallery view. Hmm. It's
0: up in the corner. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes the phone audio is a little bit lower quality, but it generally, like it won't cut out. So I'll, I'll sound a little funnier, but um, we won't have these sort of pauses that we've been having.
1: I don't know how to do it, but the video is now the same or not?
0: So if you go up to, if you're sort of doing a screen recording and you're wanting to kind of like record and have that be part of the YouTube video or whatever, if you go up to the right corner of your screen, and it says, speaker uh, yeah, view yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, I got or it. Or right.
0: gallery view. And if you hit gallery view, then you'll see both of us. Yeah. And, I see. and you'll continue to just see the two of us, even though I'm speaking from a different, uh, account.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I think, I think I got it. You can also hang up with the other one, no? Or did you do that already? Oh, uh, well, I'm, the video is still on my computer, which is what I'm recording with. Ah, um, it's just the phone. Just the sound.
0: And so now I, I just called in with my phone.
1: Uh, ah, I see what you're doing. Okay. Which,
0: which I could have done it a slightly smarter way, but I, it would have taken me a little longer and I didn't want to, yeah.
1: you know. <laughs> no worries. This works. I try to keep
0: on, on our, on the pod. And when we release podcasts, I mean, I essentially, because I've got so many other things going, I try to never edit. So this whole little experience, my poor listeners might have to, like, just fast forward through. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, well. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this project is is really, has a huge potential. And, I mean, have you thought about, like, what happened if food, corps, food co-ops start using this? I mean, this. I hope they do. I hope
0: food co co ops start using it. Um, Business, food businesses. You know, um, I think you can start to. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool to think you could have a QR code on a on a, you know. or like with chocolate this chocolate's a great example right we have this we have this pilot project with this farmers cooperative in ecuador where they're doing this amazing regenerative agroforestry work right and they're sequestering all this carbon into their multi-strata agroforestry system as they're growing cacao and they're maintaining biodiversity and all these things but it's sort of that that the beauty of that product is sort of it's our current market system is unable to differentiate between this like regenerative, beautiful carbon negative cacao and just, you know, some cacao that's grown in a giant monoculture shade system or um, sun system. And there's, you know, chemicals Mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, there are, you know, there's, there are organic and other certifications, but in general, they don't, they don't give you the kind of granularity. So just imagine you could actually affix to a single you know, to that set of cacao that got harvested, we know where it came from, we know the carbon balance that that farmer's keeping, and that farmer could assign some of that carbon so that the consumer basically gets that little QR code, which represents a little token, which they can choose to retire or even trade, right, from buying that chocolate bar. So, That kind of full cycle connection and like reconnecting of stakeholders is something that's very exciting.
1: Well, that's super cool. So let's say you go into a grocery store and you buy a cacao bar, a chocolate bar, and, and then you could scan it with your phone and instantly access the token and then see where it was grown. You could then perhaps even see their social profile. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool, and then that cacao bar has like a unique token associated with it that you can then either Yeah, I mean, that's the idea, right? That's the idea. That's one of the application ideas that
0: can be built with the basic infrastructure that we're building as that is like region ledger, the the blockchain that is sort of domain specific for bringing for ecological state assets and claims. Right. So that's kind of like a supply chain application, which we were which we did some initial pilot work. And there are there are other people focused on doing that with coffee and cacao and and, and fish and all sorts of other things. And we're sort of trying to build the, the high integrity base layer for things like that to be built on top of it. That is I mean, I don't want listeners to get, you know, that is a whole endeavor. In and of itself, which would take, you know, which will take a little bit of time. But the, yeah. the basic building blocks, what we're trying to do is make the building blocks of open source software and tools to, to make it really easy for the people in existing relationships, like a cacao growers and cacao purchasers and a consumer and a natural products grocery, to really quickly and cheaply assemble their own. You know, tracking an accounting system.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Another really cool idea I just had that, that could that could add to that is what if one unique token is worth a lot of money? And so you know there is like <laughs> let's say let's say there is like one in each million. Yeah. And so people <laughs> yeah. are just there's like a lot of like like yeah exactly of, people who like gambling the just golden go ticket it's willy
0: wonka's golden, golden ticket
1: people yeah. like that go, just go buy these cacao bars just, just to find the token
0: <laughs>
1: totally it's willy wonka's golden ticket yeah that's, exactly that's, yeah, right. yeah. that's exactly what it is
0: <laughs>
1: that is hilarious yeah yeah Yeah. So, you
0: know, as you can see, there's a lot of creative fun applications for this sort of thing that I'm really excited to start to see the community playing with it. Right. And actually like participating and we're hoping to really lower the threshold so that people who have creative, you know, obviously people will need to be able to figure out some software, but we're doing our best to make it very usable and composable and um, you know, yeah, that's
1: that's that's easy. that's the aim. That's what Give we're trying to do. Make easy it easy access. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well, I'm super excited to get more involved. Um, super excited to share this with our fans, and raise some more awareness about, you know, the work you're doing, and your team. And I think, you know, when musicians and performers of all kinds and and influencers get together with this kind of idea it, it really can create a very powerful network that that could really have an impact i think like, yeah definitely like for me all the research i've done on ecological initiatives like this one seems the most promising because it's decentralized um it could spread very quickly and it's instantly reverses not reverses but changes value and Mm -hmm. and how we have defined value is really what's been the problem we have valued furniture more than living trees and we've valued more a quick cash crop than sustainable ecological agriculture and with this you have a reversal of value where suddenly actually sequestering the carbon is more valuable than pumping out a bunch of corn real quickly and in the, and yeah, exactly. the, the, the environment exactly and I, I think
0: what you're saying i mean I, i'm so excited that you see that too um and and what you're saying about influencers musicians artists you know really what all of this is, is culture change. It's a transformation of culture. Yeah. How we value and how we, what our values are and how we value life and each other and the planet. It's a cultural thing really at the end of the day. And so, you know, to the extent that we're a technology company, we're, you know, we're a technology company, with the aim to build tools that are culturally and ecologically regenerative, where the culture that's trying to emerge right now, that has values that are more rooted in, in the health of the soil and biodiversity, planetary health, the health of communities, um, yeah, just has access to all the tools it needs to to transact with, with and, and grow. and um, govern and all of the different layers of society that you know and and it doesn't need to be you know it's the for me the inspiration here is really it doesn't need to be an adversarial revolution we can we can transform the system sort of from within we don't need to be um fighting against
1: right some (laughs) nameless
0: some nameless apparatus of of violence and oppression we can just empower ourselves to make, to transact and do business and, and govern in a way that takes into account what we care about. And then, and then all of a sudden that will be what's happening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I, whenever I think about this transition that humanity is about to go through transition of destructive economy into something new, something sustainable, i mean maybe we destroy ourselves before that but hopefully not hopefully we'll make the transition um whenever i think about that it reminds me of the process a caterpillar goes through when he turns into a butterfly and mm. <laughs> do you know about the imaginal cells yeah imaginal cells that suddenly start to revolt against the immune system of the butterf- of the caterpillar and start creating a new infrastructure. They first get killed by the immune system until they have created so many nodes and so many networks that they simply overpower the old system and build a butterfly. I think it's just so amazing that this
0: happens. Depending on where you think we are in that metamorphosis, you know, it it could be uh, exciting or scary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think actually... You know, the killing part was, I think that's past, not entirely. I mean, there's still like assassins and whatnot that probably are hired by high officials. I mean, I would assume I don't have any evidence of that. But I think <laughs> like <laughs> I I think that in the Middle Ages it was very apparent. You know, when anybody said anything against the church, they were hanged or burned. Yeah. Right, so it was. Um, I think that the church and the system that has been emerging for the last thousand or two thousand years, you know, was going towards this full oppression the whole time. It, not out of purpose, but just because every single person wanted to maximize their own power. And the relationships that build when you have individuals who maximize their power, it creates fear based, domination based. Systems that inevitably affect anything around them, based on these principles, which is what we see as ecological destruction. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you know, even the
0: next phase, post, you know, Middle Ages and um, kind of church in the Enlightenment, and then post Enlightenment in in the Industrial Revolution, you also see an enormous amount of violence. You know you see an enormous amount of violence um against labor unions and you see an enormous amount of violence uh, um, you know and even whether it's capitalism or communism right or any of the isms in that in that era and a couple of world wars i mean holy crap there was a lot of um yeah a lot of imaginal cells getting taken out by the immune system, I guess, is one way to think about it. And, and I think it's still happening. But I, I also think we yeah need to be brave in the face of that. And, and those of us who are kind of like the, the nobility in one way or the other, uh, the most privileged class of the, of our era, those of us who were born just by happenstance into, you know, an in quotes Western economy, um, digital, um, sort of post-industrial, maybe even post-capitalist. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we, we're pretty, we have been at least, and I think we'll continue to be fairly insulated from sort of direct violence. And I think the, that is a privilege that we all need to step up into and take responsibility for being, being the change in a way and being vocal and um, being vocal, being, you know, um, learning to do. I mean, I, it'd be interesting to maybe shift a little bit in our conversation. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, I think I'll, I've been thinking a lot recently, especially with, the, with COVID-19, it's like a new sense-making crisis. That we're in the middle of? What do you believe? You know, should we open it up, open America up? Or, you know, should we all be, you know, at home and stricter? Or, you know, there's so much different information and ways of interpreting the same information. And there's like a fragmented sense making apparatus. And I'll tie this back to my earlier statement. You know, I think we who are, you know, sort of, Um, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, um, generally in the geography of sort of digital natives, um, like we were born during the internet age or, or we came of age during the internet age, and who represent the sort of overlapping communities of hackers, hipsters, and hippies in some way that like intersect and in some way are, you know, oftentimes the precariat, like people who are living in the gig economy, musicians, you know, um, people like myself, I spent my whole life, you know, essentially doing consulting and gigs and, you know, trying to make ends meet, doing good work in the world, permaculture, these sorts of things. All of us, that community, I think we need to step up and step up our game in how we make sense of the world. because. There are a bunch of other people in the world who don't have the capacity, the capability, the time, but all of the privileges to basically be responsible sense makers and mm. and question information, dig into it, understand things from multiple perspectives, and generally create a social consensus that's healthy and um and allows us to build this bridge to a new set of values that are, you know, mm. ecological, um, heart centered, social, these other things. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox for a second, but I'm, I'm curious from what your perspective is, Winslow, about, yeah, I mean, I just kind of do a temperature check. Where do you get
1: news that you trust? Um, I don't. I don't really yeah. trust anything that I read or see anywhere (laughs) yeah yeah do you have
0: a felt sense when it's particularly like when you read something and you're like "Ooh, that's no good have you started to feel like you kind of have like a radar of like
1: fake fakeness or is it just um, like you know honestly I spend most of my time meditating and going deeper inward Mm. and and I find that from there, I'm getting a perspective that a lot of it has to do with, at least that I find I'm the most effective in this world when I'm very stable within myself. And, mm-hmm. and, and not just stable, but also, I think it really goes deeper and deeper, for me at least, where I'm just going deeper into states of consciousness that bring to me bliss and happiness and then through that, I, I started to spontaneously do things. And, and I find that when I'm in that flow, I'm the most effective help to, to the planet. And <clears throat> that for me, I, I've kind of given up on like trying to figure out what is actually happening in the world in terms of a global thing. I mean, I, I travel a lot, so I see a lot directly. I mean, I, I played just last year in, in like 48 states and, you know, also in Europe, maybe I don't know how many countries, but we go all over all the time. And yeah, maybe I do see the more of the privileged world, you know, Europe and North America and Canada, Australia We play too. But um, I also see the environmental destruction and I also see how towns are falling apart and. Mm how people are abusing um, their bodies and how people are not growing their potential. And I think that a lot of the issues that that we see on the surface, like the destruction of this planet and unhappy people comes from like a core misconception that we Mm -hmm. need something from outside to liberate ourselves. So we Mm -hmm. are constantly searching for more more of something more of if it's food coca-cola or video games or power or wealth or women or drugs it could be anything or even a religious figure outside of ourselves but so I, i find that um turning inward is and and saying no to cravings and fears and just really trying to go deeper into presence that that brings about um, a shift where we are no longer so dependent on, on external things. And then we naturally become aligned with giving because once we feel like we have satisfied ourselves, not through something outside of ourselves, but through the recognition of ourselves and the knowing Mm. of who we are on a deep level, then we become givers. And and that is, for some people, a slower process because some people have built giant walls of fear and ego that are just insatiable monsters of wanting more and wanting, wanting, wanting and not giving. But I think anyone that is determined to go pierce those walls can do that. I think that mm-hmm. there, there are there, there's such rich... Um, history of spiritual practices and tools that anyone can deploy to deconstruct the fear apparatus within our psyche yeah well
0: there are two things emerging as i'm listening one is the I, I believe it's an a sufi saying the old sufi saying of the, the that empty space in your heart that you feel that's the throne of god you know people try to fill it with all sorts of things but that's where god lives you know in a, in a in a sufi way like meaning it's not like there's some white guy with a beard but that's you know that's like it's the ineffable right. nature yeah. of of being and and the universe mm-hmm. universal oneness and the universe regenerating itself from that source yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and
1: and we I try to fill the, it with
0: you know all sorts of things, status right, we, and addiction and whatever. I, I
1: don't know why, actually, we are so afraid of that space. Um, I, well, I think one, one thing,
0: the other thing I wanted to say is, I mean, I totally resonate with what you're saying. If I didn't, I wouldn't be trying to build sort of like a grassroots, decentralized infrastructure. Because what you're saying demands agency. It demands, because you, you can't impose enlightenment. You have to. You people have to intrinsically wake up to the desire within their own heart to self-manage and self-actualize and um, mm-hmm. go inside and and then go through a process of becoming um, more human and more giving and more caring and all of these different things. So I totally resonate with that. And you know, can we expect? The um, wh- what's the balance between what's the right balance? What's the middle way between um, the the necessity for individuals to go on their own inner journeys to awaken, and the necessity for the collective to awaken together quickly on a time frame that's limited.
1: Mm. I honestly don't think we could build anything sustainable without having an enlightened civilization. And maybe that's not true. You know, because like we talked earlier, that how... The is it, wait, is enlightenment a destination or is enlightenment a journey?
0: Like, do you get somewhere? Like, is, is it... Uh, this is another question I have. Like, I hear some people like like sort of claim enlightenment and i guess the school that i come from would say enlightenment is a process actually that you're continuously like growing capability to um of awareness and presence and you're never really there kind of but i mean that's maybe a that's maybe like a different traditions hold things in different ways it doesn't really matter but
1: i i don't know because i can say for myself i don't feel always enlightened and yeah so, for me, it's more like I'm cultivating presence and and all that yeah. comes with it. And then I find myself in the jungle of social relations where I'm losing myself to some sort of belief or fear mm-hmm. or desire mm-hmm. and constantly,
0: right? Yeah, huh? but, <laughs> and but then but you I, go I, and then you bring yourself back
1: and then exactly and so so it's back. a constant, yeah, yeah, so it's for me. But But, I do find that it's easier to bring myself back and to recognize when I'm lost so right I and that's, I
0: think maybe that's the that, that's, I think that's true civilizationally as well is that I would propose that there's that it's the capacity to bring ourselves back to the presence of what's important, um, not like the, the stasis around there may even be. Dangerous, because then you start to think you you get confused.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I should have expressed that more clearly. Um, not an enlightened civilization, but a civilization who grows towards either presence or call enlightenment, whatever. But that, mm. that sees that that being a human being, that, that the true value of being a human being is to grow your consciousness,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that flips around um your value system and suddenly you no longer need things from the outside and you feel like the real worth and real value comes from the inside mm-hmm. um actually i have another call as well it's one thirty. 30 yeah right now yeah yeah right now
0: so yeah. we'll have to wrap it it's been a pleasure it's been a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of Moonhooch, so I'm excited to have gotten to chat and um, amazing.
1: I'm a big fan of region network.
0: Yeah. Let's do it again soon. Let's 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 pop back in and continue the conversation.
1: Yes. Sounds good. Awesome. And we can
0: yeah, bat back and forth logistics about uh the the publishing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The release for sure. Peace. All right. Peace. Be well.